everybody and welcome to a very special episode of Brand Storytelling. Today I have one of Newsmoto's featured freelancers with me. He's a man who's carved a name for himself as one of Australia's leading sports commentators having worked in the industry for more than 15 years. Mark Howard began his career working on the Formula One tour and has covered pretty much every sport you could imagine since. Most recently you would have seen him behind the mic throughout the Big Bash League. He's also got his own show, The Dead Set Legends on Triple M here in Australia, where he also commentates the AFL too. So in this episode, we'll get to know how Mark paved his own success as a freelance journalist, as well as what tips he has for brands out there looking to tell incredible stories. Of course, we speak of storylines in sport all the time. There's often no more thrilling theatre than that of a contest, and Howie is one of the best in the world at conveying those stories to audiences right around the country, if not globally, on mass live on television or radio. I've personally known Howie for over 10 years. We worked together in the Channel 10 newsroom and coincidentally we were also neighbours for quite a while back in the day when Mark's stable attire was board shorts, thongs and a t-shirt. And Mark, I remember quite fondly lending you a suit for a very special occasion and returning home to find an icy six-pack on the door. That's the kind of bloke this guy is. Of course, these days, Howie's a gun for hire in the media world. His incredible talent is taking him right around the world, um, most recently to Dubai, where you were commentating T20 cricket. And, of course, now you're gearing up for the commencement of the Formula One season right here in Melbourne this week. Howie, it's been a long time coming. I'm super excited to have you on the show. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm great. You're going a long way back to uh, the Channel 10 newsroom and living across the road from you. I don't think we need to tell too many stories about what you're up to across the road, mate. But yeah, it's been uh, it's uh, it's been a fantastic time. I can't believe the job I have, and sometimes I get to work and think I can't believe they're paying me to do this. So it couldn't have worked out better, Rackers. <laughs> okay, let's wind back the clock a little and get to know the man behind Howie that we see on television regularly and hear on the radio. Tell our listeners a bit about your childhood. Of course, when I think of you, mate, it's about a certain surfboard in hand down on the beach how much of a part of your life has that surfing lifestyle been yeah i actually uh dad had a job where we moved around a lot and i spent my high school years out in country victoria about 300 kilometers from the beach so i didn't know too much about that whole lifestyle i grew up playing cricket in the summer for the local footy club against the men and then footy um often against the men as well because that's sort of what happens in the country um and then i came down to town to do a degree in sports management at deakin university on the first day i met a guy from noosa who on the second day said he was going surfing and I thought mm, that sounds like something I'd like to have a go at so as a result I pretty much nearly failed first year of university because we spent the majority of time down the beach and I learned to surf um, and it became a massive passion of mine I managed to sneak through first year in a way went from there but it's uh yeah it's sort of whenever things aren't going too well or you need a break etc etc the, the beach is normally where I head and I've uh, I've had the opportunity to travel around and surf in a lot of places um, so it's been fantastic. So I thank that young man, um, Damien Hill, who got me through that first year of uni uh, and just we got through accounting and economics. And of course, when it comes to surfing, there's no more iconic brand or hero than the marriage of Kelly Slater, I'd imagine, and the Quicksilver brand. For me, I was a basketball lover growing up. It was Jordan and Knight, but I imagine 
question for you and other grommets like yourself, Howie. There must have been an aura about the Quicksilver logo and Kelly Slater. It's a good point. It does. It's probably the first brand that did have a resonance with me because Kelly was always Quicksilver. He's left Quicksilver now to go and do his own thing. But still, if I'm faced with a pair of board shorts that's Quicksilver or not, I typically choose Quicksilver, which is bizarre, but I guess that's what successful marketing is, isn't it? No, I certainly, as a young man, you'd look at Kelly Slater before I even got into surfing and thought, wow, what about this bloke? He's on Baywatch. He's got Pamela Anderson chasing him around. He travels the world. He surfs waves. He wins every week. So he, he was an absolute superstar. And one of the first jobs I ever did in Australia, I worked in the UK and then I came back and I was trying to get into reporting here. And I was working on a show called Sports World on Channel 7 as a producer. And uh, the executive producer, a gentleman by the name of Matty Weiss, said, all right, mate, you can try and do a story. It doesn't matter what it is. Go down, spend a week doing it, come back, and if it's any good, it can go to air. Um, so it was my first opportunity in Australia, and Kelly Slater was, I think, about making a comeback at Bell. So we spent a day and a half with Kelly, and the story went to air, and here we sit now. So I must thank Kelly Slater at some point for giving me a kick along. So for our journalists listening out there, how did you get into what you love? You talk about passion. What advice do you have for others out there who have a passion but are yet to bridge that into a professional opportunity? Yeah, it's a good question. In, in the 15 minutes we've got, it's really, really hard to answer, Rackers. Um, to be honest, I think you need a lot of luck. Um, my first job was working on the Formula One tour, which I talked my way into. Um, worked in London and used to go to all the races, and that was at the start, literally pulling camera cables around the track. And after the first year of that, I got into the production, so rolling replays and ended up directing part of that. One day, the guy that did the interviews pulled out sick, and I was like, well, that seems to be the funnest job here. So I put my hand up, and the first person I ever had to interview was Michael Schumacher, which was horrific because I, I asked him a question, and he said, I'm sorry, I don't understand your accent. So I asked him a second time, and he said, I'm sorry, I don't understand your accent. So that that's how I got into it, sort of being in the right place at the right time. But if there's one bit of advice I could give you, if you can get your foot in the door, just say yes. Just say yes to whatever you're asked to do. If you think you're a sports journal and someone asks you to go and cover a fire or a police situation or a sport you've never heard of and they say, can you do it? You just say yes and then paddle, 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 figure it out, ring people as you go. Main thing is just to say yes and come back because of the thing I found, any boss you have, they don't want excuses, they don't want reasons, they just want results. So if you can come back and you've done a story for them on a cat stuck up a tree or an athlete you've never heard of and you do it successfully, then they have no problem asking you again to do something else and that's sort of where you build along. If you say no, I don't think I can do it, you won't get the opportunity again. <laughs> I remember when I worked at 10 as a journalist, I was truly amazed by your ability to effectively, in essence, write your own rules as a freelancer. This was pretty rare at the time. <laughs> I remember it was quite unusual being able to come in and pretty much pick the stories or the projects that suited your abilities. How hard was it initially as a freelancer um, to get into that opportunity to build your own brand? And what are your reflections on being a freelancer now? How has that market changed over the last 10 or 15 years? Yeah, I think at, at that stage we were both working for a gentleman by the name of Dermot O'Brien and I'd been signed up by David White, the head of sport at Channel 10, to come across from Channel 7 and do some sport. And he said to me, listen, you're going to do a certain amount of days in news. And Dermot was, well, I'm not really sure what you can do here, but come in and do a story and we'll see how we go. And we got to a nice situation where I was able to do the quirky story, for want of a better term, before... Um, the sport, so it was bizarre because I would come in and everyone would have their set, so Raquel, you're doing this, and Jared, you're doing this, and Rob Waters, you're doing this, Howie, what are you going to do today? And I'd have the cat up the tree or the UFO or, or whatever it may have been, and 
And it was a really good learning lesson for me because all of a sudden, with those above me not really around it, but then eventually jumping on board, I thought there was a position in a news bulletin to show entertainment. And I look at it now, and I look at the 430 bulletins, and 90% of the bulletins are entertainment. So I'm sure we'll get to it later on, Rack, but I think... Whatever you're doing, whatever you're covering, people want to be entertained. And, and people won't agree, but whether that's news or sport or whatever it may be, if you entertain people, you keep them watching. And in this current market now, that's what you need to do. Okay, before we get into the more serious stuff, let's take a break for a little segment I like to call The Mad Minute with Mark Howard. Howie, you have 60 seconds on the clock, 10 questions, and your time starts now. Let's go. Question one, bodyboarding is? Getting in the way of surfing. Question two, you travel a lot. I'm always hearing from you from an airport or a, a lounge somewhere. What's your top travel tip? Get as much sleep as you possibly can. And tip number two, no longer wear your thongs into the Qantas Club anymore because they won't let you in. And I do remember there being some controversy about who's allowed into those lounges with thongs and who's not. Question three, the best thing that happened to you in life was? Meeting Erica, my partner. Very good answer. <laughs> Question four, what do you prefer, TV or radio? To watch or to work on? To work in. Uh, real live TV. Definitely, but we don't do much real life TV. So radio for its immediacy, but if you're doing real live TV, like we'll be doing at the Grand Prix this weekend, not recorded, fly by the seat of your pants, then TV, but not much of it gets done these days. Person you admire? Uh, Luke Hodge. (laughs) What about the funniest footballer? Funniest footballer. A funniest sportsman is Mark Waugh because he doesn't try to be funny and he's just lost the plot and he's hilarious. So I'll go with Mark Waugh for funniest sports person who doesn't mean to be funny but is. Yeah, right. I could, I could imagine. One thing you can't live without? Surfing my kids. Question eight. What's the secret to having so much energy? Positivity. Just get up and say I can do it rather than I can't do it. Like that, I can't stress that enough, Rackers. And I have to thank you for jumping in. I know you're not 100% today, but you've jumped on this podcast and you're giving it your all, which is exactly to that point. Question nine, any resolutions for 2016? Travel more with my family rather than by myself. I like it. And question 10, when will Richmond finally win a flag? 2074. (laughs) It's a very exciting time in football. No doubt Richmond will be doing their best to bring that flag forward. (laughs) Although last week they did have a few big injuries in the preseason. But we move on. So as a featured freelancer here at Newsmoto, we're seeing lots of brands in the sporting arena, in particular hiring journalists for work opportunities to create great branded content. What's been your experience of working with brands and why do you think they call a upon you and journalists and other presenters? I think the second part of that question is due to the typical journo's ability to get the message out there. I think messages get lost a lot because there's so many of them, but I think journos understand how to cut through so you see it especially in the sports betting sphere rack where so many of those guys that deliver that message are ex-journos and i think it works really well so i think that ability to cut through deliver the message in a short and sharp way rather than banging on and on and on makes it really effective we're seeing some really exciting developments in the sporting media landscape here in australia we've got codes like the afl building their own in essence media houses and of course earlier this year newsmoto announced our 
content partnership with the NBL, uh, where we're engaging freelancers to cover games, write material, take photography, um, create feature stories and other content. One in particular that I know you like is the story about the Hawthorne Football Club's Cyril Rioli. It's a great piece of content. We're seeing more and more sporting brands get into this. Could you tell us about your experience and also this um, Cyril Rioli piece of content? Yeah, it's a, it's a really great clip of, uh, of Cyril, who's a very humble, quiet man. He's obviously had a lot of success now. He's won four premierships. He won the Norm Smith medal, which you get for being the best player on ground in the AFL grand final. He did that last year. He went out to a school and presented a young man with a, a Cyril Rioli junior membership pack. So the young man didn't know it was coming. It was shot almost like the candid camera style um, with a couple of cutaways of the bloke, Cyril walking in, cutting back to the kid. And then the young man, who's probably nine or ten, he sees Cyril um, and, and it's just it's just perfect from there. Whether it's marketing or telling of a story, the young man goes up to Cyril and he's gobsmacked and he doesn't know what to say and he ends up in tears because he's just so shocked that his hero is there and then they interview him a bit after and Cyril gives him a hug and it's there's a couple of things there they interview him afterwards and he talks about the fact that he loves Cyril and he couldn't believe he turned up but there's a there's a couple of real zingers for me that catch it one is the young man cries and working in sport and making a few docos etc people they can't turn off Rakhal whatever you're doing you can't turn off if people are crying or laughing if someone laughs at you it's hard not to laugh back if someone cries you, you just you, you you're focusing on this person so the young man cries and then Cyril's reaction it, it's just priceless uh, unguarded raw emotion and that's what we try to get to show in sport raw emotion and it becomes difficult because players are guarded the whole time and whenever they show raw emotion they're often criticized by it but if you can show raw emotion and that is often tears or laughter that will make anything that'll make a sport broadcast it'll make a news broadcast it'll make a movie it'll make a clip it'll make a youtube hit yeah emotion is what it comes down to so the whole time when i'm interviewing someone i'm never it's not like i'm trying to make them cry but if you can make them laugh and relax and talk about things away from the cockpit or away from the footy field or away from the cricket ground that's how you engage an audience a hundred percent and i don't think enough people do it anywhere near enough one thing i love about sport is the narrative behind the game do you have any standout moments or techniques in how you actually tell those incredible stories? Yeah, it's a good question. It's sort of what we were just talking about then. You have to engage with something different. I don't want to hear athlete looking down the lens saying, I love Nike, I've always worn Nike. I want to see off-the-cuff athlete loving Nike in another way, whether that you know he's kissing his boots after a slam dunk or hitting a home run and just patting his shoes or laughing or quoting to his one of his mates off camera almost, off mic almost, couldn't have done that without the Nikes. It, I, I think the world's gone past the message delivered down the camera. It needs to be entertaining. It needs to be off the cuff. It needs to be shot like it's almost candid camera style, but it needs to come down to entertainment, mate. You need to entertain the people, which, you know, the Americans have been doing for a long time. Watch their sports broadcast. I love it. It's like, oh, man, can you believe that? Can you believe what you saw? That was incredible. I love that. I love over the top. Look at the Super Bowl, mate. Look at the whole Super Bowl package. That's so well marketed that the game is irrelevant. It's about the ads at halftime and the halftime show, the game's ho-hum, which is a credit in some ways to the marketers out there. So if I had to say it in one word, Rackers, as a brand, what to do, especially 
involved with sport, entertain. And that is a fantastic way to wrap up brand storytelling. It is, of course, all about entertainment and engagement. Howie, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Brand Storytelling. Thanks so much for joining me. You've been such a big advocate for the Newsmoto idea since day one. And, of course, we really do appreciate that. We'll be watching all your work throughout 2016. Thanks again for joining me. My pleasure, Rackers. Continue to do the uh, the work you're doing, mate. It's a great job. It's a great idea, and I'm sure it's moving forward. Cheers, bro.